Welcome to Yoga Wisdom. Questions about how to live your yoga in daily life answered by Integral Yoga founder Sri Swami Satchidananda. There's a work called Kaivalyanavanitam. There is a a saying in that. It's in the form of a poem describing the attitude of a Jivan Mukta. That means a liberated living one. And it says, as he walks through a cemetery, right in front of his eyes, all of a sudden, a few graves break out and they get up and walk. Long buried bodies. It won't be surprising to him. Ah, wonderful. During the broad daylight, all of a sudden the sun disappears and you get the moonlight. Sendradha Garudar, Nalachir Vadaninayar, Kanmun Nindradha Pusipar, Vail Nilavai Vind Vildu Vildu, Pundrina Savam Valndalum, Pudumaya Yundrumbarar. Nothing is a miracle to them. Why? That's the way he wanted it. It's happening. What is impossible to him? Hmm? Nothing. Dead bodies will walk. Walking bodies will die. <laughs> All of a sudden, the birds started running and the people started flying. Hmm? Imagine if somebody flies, hmm? they'll be all running out to sea. Hmm? He may also run out with you, but it's not a surprise to him. Ah, wonderful, great. Because he sees everything as part of the normal phenomena. It's, it's even hard to understand that. You won't even accept it as the highest truth. How can we accept it? When somebody killing each other, you say, it's okay, it's all God's will. It's hard to accept it. And that is what called mysterious. Yeah. It's hard to accept. Why? Because you are not in that level to accept it. But when you go to a different level, what is this? Even the whole world huh? is nothing but a, a small bubble. How many bubbles huh? come up when a, a wave dashes on the water? How many bubbles break? How long they survive? Your world is nothing but a small bubble. We say Kali Yuga, 10,000 years or 10 million years, it's all time limit. But in the cosmic time, your 10 million years is nothing but this much. Space and time is very different in a higher level. 
I think once a great scientist, a Western scientist, was asked, how many planets are there in this world, in this cosmos? He gave an example. He said, look at my dog. He had a nice big dog with lot of long hairs. He said, cut closely all the hair and then cut them into minute particles. Every hair should be should become dust, minute particles. Count them. Then probably you have counted partially the number of planets in the cosmos. Now the modern scientists, every day they are discovering something new, new moons, new suns. What is it? Where are they coming from? And how many more? Still not yet visible within your powerful radio telescopes. Saint Ramalingam said that. In a nice big book, like the big Bible, there were about at least 40-50 pages dedicated to that. Without any space in between, in two columns, he has written all the names of the worlds. And then after 50 pages, he says, I have simply given a little sample. I can't fill up the whole book, still the book cannot give everything. And he names every world. He names every world. Underworld, Pindaworld, Underworld, this, that. It's available. The book is available. So, if you think of that, how big are you? I mean, your world. And how big are you in that big world? You're not even a speck. You are totally, totally insignificant. <laughs> but how big our ego is? Oh, I don't believe all these things. Huh? That's your world. You create your own world, that's all. Kattradu kaimannalavu, kalladu ulagalavu, uttra kalamadandai udugiral. A great poet, saintly poet said, what we learnt is a handful of dust or a, a, a small clot of clay. What we haven't is as big as the cosmos. And that is the reason why even the goddess of learning, Saraswati, is still holding a book in her hand. It's true. And you see the picture of Saraswati, she is still holding a book in the hand. She is the wisdom, goddess of learning. If the goddess of learning herself is still learning with a book, what is it that we have learnt?
these are all words of the people who understood at least a little more broader picture so that is why we have to admit that what we learned what we understood is very limited within that we should not try to explain the entire natural phenomena some people went and killed 100 people okay we are making big issue every day television television we are looking for it for months and months they are planning not that i say uh, we are happy about it we are sad all right but in one little earthquake how many thousands died in mexico who could stop it whom would you blame for it mount st helen erupted destroyed millions of acres killed thousands of people whom would you blame for it you can say oh that is god's or nature's act but here it's man's man also is part of the nature not that i say you simply have to accept it if you can comfortably do something do it but don't make it a big issue that fellow also is a sort of walking mount helen <laughs> there are people mount st helen stayed in one place there are walking mount st helens they go wherever they go and they erupt <laughs> and that fellow also was part of the very nature here because it happened through a physical body a human being looks like you you put the blame on him why not you blame mount helen so into the blaming do something if you can to avoid it but don't negate don't blame people for that try to do something help if necessary within your own limit that doesn't mean you have helped the whole world so every one of us has limited responsibility we do whatever we can until we raise to that level of understanding everything is okay fine that's the way it should be amen tadastu be it so what do you mean by be it so death way kill 1000 people be it so the king the queen gave birth to a prince be it so after every prayer what is the purpose of our saying amen amen what does that mean it is easy to say amen without even knowing the meaning you have to leave that that's what you put everything 
Whatever you cannot control, leave it to God. Whatever you can, take care of it. Beyond that, it's all yours. The great advantage in that is you keep your peace and you don't create negative feelings about people. Because the moment you create negative feelings about people, you lose your peace. It's for our own welfare. You try any tricky method, doesn't matter, keep your peace. I'm coming down to that. Whatever idea, suggestion that will help you to remain peaceful, that's your philosophy, keep it that way. You create your own philosophy. The aim is, by thinking this way, I'm keeping my peace. Okay? That's good. It's not, don't look for authorities, did Bhagavad Gita say so? Did Bible say so? Forget about all that. You said so. And you are proving that your philosophy helped you to remain calm under all circumstances. Fine. You are a saint. We have brought a, a new system. As uh, Swami Shivananji used to say, it doesn't matter who pounds, all we need is rice. Hmm? So it doesn't matter who cooks, as long as I get good prasad. <laughs> 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 huh? Oh boy, it's really sort of, what is it? today we are getting into? Hmm. Maybe? Destined. Eh? Mm. Boy, is everything that happens <laughs> happening only so we can unfold and become self-realized? Is that the only purpose for being alive? True. Yes. The ultimate purpose is that. All other purposes are aimed towards that ultimate purpose. As I often say, every action of your words huh, seems to have an ultimate purpose of finding happiness. Right? You do this and that and that and that just to be happy. Even by serving others, by helping others. Who wanted? Why do you want to help others? Because you find happiness that way. And that's what you call realizing your own happiness. Self-realization is the ulterior motive behind everything. Temporarily it may look differently. You may take different paths, but ultimately they are all going to reach the same place. Paths are many. Truth is one. So, whatever happens, happens to unfold this truth. Even the so-called sufferings. In fact, 
it is the suffering that helps you unfold the truth faster. Pampering, no, it makes you blind. Most of the great lessons we get only through sufferings. In every field, look at this. Now, what is happening now? The O-ring that they used for the racket is wrong. A great truth. How did it happen? After losing seven astronauts. Through suffering, they are learning that they didn't put the O-ring properly. If not, they will continue to do that. Now they are realizing that in many of the previous flights, the O-ring failed, but luckily they all saved. It failed after the rocket left. They got separated. Now they are proving it. So they continue to do that until such a terrible thing happened. That's what the best teachings, best lessons always came through sufferings. It is suffering that makes people great also. Why are we having a declared holiday for Martin Luther King Jr. If he died a normal death, probably nobody would bother. Mahatma Gandhi, why is he being glorified now? He paid a big price for it. John F. Kennedy, see, it's all in a tragic state. They get a different truth. Our life is like that. If your life is filled with accidents, I mean, not physically, eh? sufferings, I mean, the more the suffering, the more wiser you become. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be pleasing to the ear. Eh? That's why very sincere, many seekers, they are Personally, look even for sufferings. If the pleasure comes, they are a little careful. Oh, is it going to make me forget the truth? God, what are you doing to me? Not that when you suffer, they God, what are you doing to me? No. When he sends you some nice gifts and praise, and God, what is the matter? What are you doing to me? Why is he praising me so much? Huh? I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. If somebody pats on your shoulder and say, you did a great job, God, please help me. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If somebody comes and says, what dirty fellow you are, what kind of job you are doing? Thank you, God. Thank you. You will do that only if you know the truth behind it. Because the truth is, we learn real good lessons only through sufferings. Seldom through pleasures, no. 
That's in a way unanimous version from all the great sages and saints. And that I don't ask you to go and look for sufferings, get it by force. If it comes, no, yes, God is gracing me with suffering. I think in the last satsang, I said, one saint, Tukaram, if I remember the name correct, when he got a terrible wife, he said, God, how kind you are. If he had given me a nice, pleasant, sweet, pretty, obedient, loyal wife, do you think I would ever think of you? Don't you think I would be always around here, honey, darling? How kind you are. You wanted me to think of you and you. That's why you sent me a terrible partner like that. Oh, thank you so much, God. Yeah. It happened in the life of that saint. Another saint, the other way around. God, oh, how blessed I am. You have sent me a very understanding partner. Take it. Everything is God-given for your benefit. Good or bad, sita, ushna, suga, dukkha, samaha. Come back to the equanimity of yoga. Whatever comes, accept it. If not, if you can't accept everything that comes to you, at least accept the pain that comes to you. You can reject the pleasure. Ah, is he said? It's easy to say, but hard to apply it. That's why another great wise man said, advice is like castor oil. <laughs> easy enough to administer, but dread hard to take it. So I'm easily administering to you, but I'm wondering, will I take it like that? Am I taking it like that? While I am advising you, how would I feel to swallow an ounce of castor oil myself? You should not forget that also. Thanks for listening to this Integral Yoga Multimedia Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe. For more information on Sri Swami Satchidananda and Integral Yoga, please visit us online at integralyoga.org.